Welcome to the Context Podcast by Proofgeist, where we get to talk about whatever is going on in the Claris and FileMaker community. I'm your host, Martha Zink. This past October, many of us met up in Clayton, Georgia for Pause on Error, a FileMaker conference, an art project, a community event. An event that I'm lucky enough to put together with my Pause co-CEO and amazing friend, Chrissy Ferris. I had a chance to interview Pause attendees, and I'm excited to share those stories with you. Kicking us off is Barbara Cooney from Proofgeist, and she talks about Pause being a little bit different than other conferences. The previous pauses had been way more uh, technical sessions, like mini engages. Um, and so it took me a while to make a transition. This pause was much more about, to me, the people. There's plenty of opportunity for technical content, and I went to some wonderful presentations. Um, I had to really consciously say to myself, this is more about getting to know people in the community uh, and sharing learning experiences with people in the community and challenges they're facing, and really having some deep conversations um, rather than just you know quick hellos in the hallways. And I needed another day to sort of, like I said that to you, to, to try to chill out and realize th this is the mode I need to be in. Um, so it was a very different experience. And the, equally as valuable as a full-on technical session type of a thing would have been. But it took me a while to get there. <laughs> My collective experience would be I met other women who have been doing this as long as I have, and it's almost 30 years. And I feel like we've led these parallel lives, and it was a real trip to meet them. Because yes, we've had all these other experiences in our life, but we share this core thing, FileMaker, that has been an important part of our life. It has allowed us flexibility in our lives. Um, and so that was wonderful, meeting these, these doppelgangers, I suppose, that are out there uh, and had some really wonderful uh, conversations with them. Uh, and of course, the Proof Guys group, that we have a close group here, as you know, they do, they make a lot of effort to, even though we're remote, to make us feel like we're in the same room with all the different tools that they throw at us to do that. Um, but there's nothing like being in person with, with, with your cohorts and, and, um, and sharing dinners with them and uh, lunches. So that was when big hugs, that was really, that was really wonderful, yeah. Can't wait to do that again and meet everyone else who wasn't able to make it, yeah. I'm very affected by my environment and it did more to chill me out than I actually probably realized. It takes a lot to chill me out. <laughs> and it really got me there quickly. So I think that environment helped tremendously. Such contrast to the cramming on the floor in the Ace Hotel is an amazing difference. There's a warmth about being in person with people. Um, just a just a shared, oh, look at that over there, or, or feeling the same temperature and air. You can't really replace that with Zoom. Uh, Zoom! When you're on a Zoom, you're in a different van, you're, you're on a stage, in a way. You know, yes, you're doing your best to, to, to be focused and present your best self and... Uh, and there's just a sense of relaxation and, and warmth that you get in person. You don't feel that pressure. You just be you. Um, so 
that's why I, and again, just the opportunity to just to ramble on and sit in a rocking chair next to someone and have quiet time together is, is, is valuable. So, yeah, you can't replace, you can't replace in person. So many years I didn't go to these things. I didn't see the value. I felt all these billable time and um, I couldn't afford it. Could, couldn't justify it. And that was a mistake. I've said that so many times when I go to these things. I'm like, what a mistake I made. I went to wanting engage and two pauses previously in a 30-year career. That was, that was a mistake. So if you are having those thoughts, perhaps rethink them because the connections you make at these things are really invaluable. Um, and it is a group that is looking to grow. So it's not a click. You won't be an outsider. You will be welcomed and incorporated into the group more quickly than you might expect. Next up is Adam Aronson from Full City. He played a huge role this year in making sure that pause really was an art project. So post pause has been re-entry, right? So there's definitely, it's, you know, I hope I'm not oversharing here. It's like the hour after a therapy session, you know, like everything feels like it should be just kind of perfect, but you're kind of migrating back into the normal world. So um, I love that on Slack, there's been people sharing about that, which has been really cool. Um, a lot of what I've been doing is reflecting on on pause. I, and I got to give you and um, Chrissy all the kudos in the world, right? So unconference doesn't really describe this. This is not an unconference. The word retreat is like the best analogy that I think we have or analog that we have in our world. Um, when people ask me, what did you do last week? I went, I said, I went to a retreat. Oh, was it yoga? Was it meditation? I said, no, it was, uh, work <laughs> related, <laughs> but that, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like describing FileMaker. It's not a 15 second conversation, right? So, um, yeah. So I, I use words like, um, and I go back to the closing session and like everybody sharing about how awesome it felt and all the good things that they took away. Right. So the things that I was thinking about then are still true, right? It's like it what you guys have created and what we all create by you bringing us all, inviting us all together is really like it transcends the thing, the commonality we have of the technology. And it becomes more about uh, uh, it's existential. It's a group of people who really enjoy being together. Like I consider everybody there, even the people I didn't talk to, my friends. You know, and I don't want to get too, you know, too into like the, the, the woo woo, but it is, it is really a, a spiritual, there's a spiritual aspect to it. There's a vocational aspect to it and there's an avocational aspect to it. So, so trying to remember that that's what life is in reality, um, is what I've been taking back with me and remembering that, yeah, I may not be there anymore, but like the things that come up for us in that environment when we're out of the status quo, you know, when we're not like doing the, you know, pack lunch, breakfast, coffee, get the kid on the bus, bup, 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 you know, that model every day is like, okay, that's just remembering that that's not in place of what happens at pause. It exists within what happens at pause. So, oh God, months ago, um, we had this conversation about 
hey, you've got interest in sound and in audio and in capturing sound and creating sound. Let's bring some of that into pause. And it's funny, I left that thinking, I wonder what they want me to do, right? I wasn't exactly sure, but the good news is that I wasn't exactly sure, right? So it gave me some time to, you gave me a couple of snippets. Um, I really liked, you know, the, we talked about the concept of, is there a sound wave that we could use, you know, that we could somehow extract and use that to represent some part of pause. And then there was um, the concept of, you know, capturing sound and, and, and other things, the, the geophone, I think Chrissy had said, you've got that cool mic that records the vibration. So I started playing with that. And then when we regrouped like six months later, five months later, whatever it was, um, it was, you know, there were, it was like, kind of like we reconnected, but we we're all in the same place. It was interesting. We all went away and thought about it and all came back to the same thing, which was just bring the mics um, and capture some things. It also, I thought, hey, I'm going to bring my, my sound gear because I'd been wanting to do some of that out in the wild. And pause is a great place to do that because even if people hate it, they're not going to tell me. They're going to find a really constructive way of telling me that, right? And when people love it, they're just going to be very open and genuine. So, um, the things I did was I set up mics and I recorded a few things. I recorded Sully, uh, try, everybody trying to hit Sully with water balloons. That's the one that um, I was just listening to yesterday. It doesn't really capture the moment, but it was it was kind of cool. Um, the performance of 4 minutes and 33 seconds by John Cage that we all did, which I got so much feedback from people that they really loved that, um, which was really cool. And uh, yeah, that was great. And I thought also very appropriate. Right, it it hit the mark. I thought this is a meditative piece. This is about stillness and surrounding. So I think we we all did it. We all did a great job of capturing that. So at pause, people came up to me and said, "Wow, that was so cool." And the first thing I say is, "Thanks." Did you have you ever heard of the piece? Did you know John Cage? You know, and I got um, people. Most of the people had not heard of John Cage or the piece. Bob Bowers told me he took a class in college that was about John Cage, and so we had a great morning. Um, back and forth a little bit about that. So, um, you know, there was appreciation at all levels. And, um, you know, a lot of people just, you know, I think, like I said, it hit the mark. Some people said, oh my God, it was so great in that environment to just sit and listen to this, to the birds and whatever was going on. And again, thank God that leaf blower stopped. That was like, that was my pre-performance anxiety. I'm like, that leaf blower is going to ruin the whole thing. But it's not what it's actually, it actually wouldn't have according to what Cage's intent was with the piece, right? Um, and so a lot of people, some people told me they cried, that they got teary and, and the, you know, the stillness and the openness kind of took them. And so, yeah, I just was so grateful to be able to, bring that I thought it was very pause appropriate piece you know to to bring that stillness and the observation right so yeah congrats <laughs> thanks John Newhoff from Portage Bay talks about social connection and the way that community comes together at pause like uh, probably half the people there or more um, I tend to be a little introverted so connecting with people isn't my uh, easy thing um, uh, I had some really nice chats with Anne at uh, Seed Code, one of uh, Johnson Delar's project managers. Uh, uh, she and I chatted quite a bit. It was really, uh, I do a lot of project management these days at Portage Bay, so um, chatting with somebody else about their experiences with project management um, was really, especially in the current business environment, interesting to hear uh, a little bit about what, what somebody else is experiencing. 
I had one employee there besides myself, and he's in Omaha. I'm in Seattle, so just connecting with him uh, uh, is kind of good. We don't see each other in person too often. The fact that Pause is a little bit less focused on purely technical content, and um, especially this year, a lot of time to uh, engage with other people outside of sessions is, uh, I think, quite valuable, especially it. it it kind of forces the issue for someone like me who's not that great at meeting other people. Um, it, it, uh, I'm a big fan of, um, if I'm not good at something, putting systems into place that force me into that situation. Um, so this sort of forces me to be a little more social. And I, so for me personally, I, I appreciate that. Um, I also, this year, not last year, appreciated the setting a lot. <laughs> you know, North, North Georgia is beautiful. And I, you know, I, this, this gave me a chance to experience that a bit. And I, I really, and, and pause is good for this. Um, maybe not last, maybe not next year, but I, I, it's a smaller conference. So it tends to be in smaller locations and lets me see a part of the country I haven't seen before. I think after, after two years being there, I think next year I will probably still be finding places I didn't know about. <laughs> there, there are a lot of nooks and crannies. It's, it's a fun, fun place to explore. I went to a session that, that uh, was focused on um, sales demonstrations. Um, another one focused on uh, the, uh, the pitfalls of perfectionism in, in software development. Um, and uh, a session on uh, ergonomics. Um, and that one, <laughs> that one I came away with a technical to-do item from, even though the session wasn't technical. Um, Tanner Ellen from Seed Code did that session, and he talked a lot about um, and showed us the custom keyboards he made for his hands to, to allow him to position his hands in a comfortable position. And um, I hadn't realized how inexpensive 3D printers had gotten. He printed his own enclosures for his keyboards. It's kind of a random thing, but um, I probably wouldn't have, you know, if I hadn't gone to pause on error, I wouldn't have learned that. That's a, I think going to conferences like this. A lot of the value sometimes is in random things that you don't expect to, to learn, um, stuff that the session isn't even about. You know, you, sometimes it's just that you're in a session on whatever topic, and the the speaker uses an example to demonstrate what they're something they're talking about, and that triggers a thought in your head. And then I'm writing notes down about something unrelated to the speaker's topic, but that but that becomes something I want to think more about later on. I think uh, that's a big part of the value of like pause. We did a session on kind of how to approach an API integration in FileMaker. So ours was technical. Um, just, you know, starting from step one, looking at documentation, looking at how you, what kind of tools you use to, to start out uh, writing an API integration. And then um, once you get beyond working with the, the API and in, in third-party tools, how you translate that into API calls in FileMaker. And I think we had some good discussions. People brought up some uh, third-party tools that we hadn't, that we don't use. Um, and some good discussion about uh, some security issues that, that, that we brought up, but that also some, some attendees brought up. There's a lot of um, big potential security vulnerabilities um, when you're sending, um, when you're sending API calls back and forth between FileMaker and third-party uh, APIs. And a lot of uh, risks there, and also um, 
a lot of new requirements as Google and Microsoft change their APIs to make them more secure. Um, so it's a fast evolving, fast evolving area, and one I know a lot of people have a certain amount of trepidation with. I know I do. <laughs> it was fun doing it out in that pavilion by the lake too. It's a worthwhile conference, and it's a great uh, opportunity to meet people in a in a setting. You know, I, I don't know if Claris is going to do engage in person this year or next next year. Um, I hope they do. Um, but even if they do, it's hard to get, especially if you're if you don't know people already. Engage is an awfully hard venue to meet people and, and chat. You know, when there's when there's several thousand people wandering around, you just you just don't really have enough opportunity to meet people and. Pause gives you that chance. You know, you, you, it's a lot easier to strike up a conversation with somebody with a smaller number of people when the when the event itself is geared towards that. You know, I, I you and Chrissy really put in a lot of effort, so I appreciate that, and especially your enthusiasm during the conference. So thank you for that. Here's what John Howell from Tactile Medical had to say about pause and vulnerability. I've been going to developer conferences for 22 years or so in the FileMaker community, and I personally love to get out of the house and get involved with my colleagues and friends. And this is, the first excuse was this is the only option available right now. But I have been to pause twice before, and I've been touched so deeply by it because it's been such a wonderful experience that I, I wouldn't miss it for anything in the world. It, it's it's. For me, it's actually better than anything else that's going on. There's a, a certain magic that, that's come together, right? My personal background is I, I like to go on personal retreats. I spend time at monasteries and silent retreats and men's retreats. And, and when I go on a vacation, I always go to do something a little different for self-discovery because I think self-discovery is more important than, than even acceptance, to know what you are and what you're made out of. Um, so when I come to this, there's a certain combination of things that you've all been able to put together that doesn't happen in any other type of gathering I've ever seen. Um, and what I've seen from it is there's, there's three particular qualities that make an event good. Uh, one's going to be the location of the facility, where it is and what it can support. Another's going to be the, the organizers and what they set up, what their intention is, how they put it together. And the third thing is going to be the mind and the heart of the people that show up, uh, what their expectations are, what their own willingness is and participation, and what they're prepared to bring. And this, especially this year, you and Chrissy, Martha, you and Chrissy, and all the people behind the scenes, including Todd Geis and Ernest Coe, and I know Matt Navarre and John Sindler, and I don't know how many other people are in the background. We're able to organize something in such a way that um, you feel supported, you feel encouraged, You've developed this over time, over another years, right? Because I, the first pause I went to was back in 2010 in Portland, that it has a certain specialness about it. It's always an alternative type of location. In this case, this uh, summer camp in the middle of Georgia that's remote. So you know you're going somewhere magical and different, unlike anywhere you've been, and you have to effort to get there. So there's kind of a threshold experience of like, I've got to get there and then I've got to get back. And when I'm there, I want it to be special. You're able to create the mood of the place uh, in a way that it encourages spontaneity. People go there. We don't know what to expect. We don't know what to plan for. Um, we're thrown out of our normal type of 
mode of doing things and everything felt like spontaneous for us every moment. So we felt like we felt safe because we know all of you, right? And we've got a, a background in the community, but it wasn't like a normal convention. It's a special atmosphere where people can exp explore who they are, what they are, how they fit in the community and, and um, just feel it out. And there's something about this, this facility that is wondrously glorious. The people there who run this place are so open and sharing. I went in the kitchen several times. I just had conversations with the cooks and I got to know them. One's John Paul, who's been mistaken for the Pope. He goes by JP. And this one man named, young man named Cooper, I just said, hey, can I talk to you while you're observing the buffet? He said, no problem. And we had a conversation that became rich, just a rich conversation. Every night you put me up in this wonderful room. Every year it's different, right? But I was up in the visitor center, uh, the welcome center. So I would walk through the tennis courts at night in the dark every night. And I kept passing this guy with this African accent, carrying a thing of food late at night, like every night he would stop and say, how are you? How was your day? I'm like, I don't even know this guy. What is this? And he just had this uh, sense of, of, openness and kindness and warmth to him that would just light me up every night. And these are the type of conversations I was having. So at every angle, there's something spontaneous. People are trying to do things a little, a little bit different. And between the facility and your guys' wonderful planning and spontaneous celebrations and, and constant welcomeness of everybody, it allowed people to bring uh, from their heart something I don't think we get to do normally at different times of events. So, People became really open-hearted fast. A brief conversation turned into rich conversation. And I had like dozens of conversations like that. I know that I brought a certain amount of self-doubt and, so, and social anxiety, which I carry normally. And what I did right off the bat was I wanted to get past that, so I shared it with other people. And another other people looked at me like, dude, I have the same thing. I, I'm like worried how am I going to get along with who's going to like me who's not you know am I am I smart enough am I good enough and all that stuff and just by bringing that willingness to talk about it they brought theirs and they brought the openness to discuss what I noticed at first when we got there was our self-doubt and it was like laid on the table people came there you know at first I saw a couple guys in my hotel room and they had a mean look kind of stern look I'm like well I'm never going to get close to that guy he looks difficult. So I walk right up to him. Hey, I'm John. What's your name? And then all of a sudden, a big old smile on their face because somebody was receiving them. Like what people really wanted was they had like a, my sense, a lot of people had a hunger just to be accepted as they are as a human being. And they're willing to like peel off the layers really quick when they felt safe. It was like a desire to feel safe and received and heard and seen. I told myself when I go there, this is what you're going to do, John, three things. You're going to ask questions, you're going to shut up, and you're going to listen. And I tried to do that as much as I could, and it really seemed to work, and other people were doing the same thing. I thought I came there alone with that, but it turns out people are like, I want to explore something new, maybe learn a few skills, but I want to build some friendships and relationships and get a sense of where I stand in the community. And what I really want underneath it, I discovered, is because I, I work you know, pretty hard. I work for a great company with wonderful people. But our heads are down into programming all day long, right? And we want to get out of that mindset 
and have something that's going to build us back up to feel revitalized, recharged, enthusiastic. You know, when I came back, I'm absolutely excited to go back to work because I realized, God, I, get, I work with people I love. I love the work I do. And I'm surrounded by a community that I feel one with. I no longer feel at all like an outsider, some kind of special case who doesn't fit. I'm like, I'm just one with everybody else. And my sense is that's what everybody wanted, to feel part of, to be revitalized and recharged with something special that was out of their norm, get shaken up, and, and, and feel valued as a human being in a community that we adore being part of. And that's what you pulled off. That is the magic that you're able to put together that we all contributed to. So the magic, I give a lot of credit to you and Chrissy, absolutely, right? And the people behind the scene and the facility, but also credit to the people showing up with their vulnerability and all their judgments or their politics or their self-doubt or whatever it might be, putting it on the table and realizing, I want to be more than that. And here's a place where I can release that and celebrate life together. Mike Ross had stepped up because he had such success last year talking uh, about why we do abstractions. So he wanted to have a session uh, called Perfect is the enemy of the good, which we've now renamed, renamed to uh, Pause on Perfection, right? And then about a month before, he reached out to me because we're old friends. He goes, hey, you want to like co-host this? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever you want. Uh, and I feel like I mostly supported him, but we met in the big library, which had this big Hebrew environment. I kind of felt like we were in the holy of the holies. There's like this altar behind us, so the room felt really special. We had 30 or 32 people show up and, you know, Mike had his notes. I, we had rehearsed it, but I didn't use notes and I kicked in. Um, what I brought was a little of my own personal vulnerability and so did he to open up about psychology and perfectionism and what drives it. So when we really looked behind the scenes of what perfection's about and how it affects all of us and how all of us were all got kind of special, not straight normal, but a little bit of our own uniqueness and flavor into it. I was able with Mike together to bring uh, the mood so that people were willing to open and share and discuss stuff on a very personal level about how they think, how they function, what they deal with at home, other challenges at work at focusing or whatever it might be. And out of the 30 or 32 people, at least 20 people chimed in and engaged in a conversation with us the last almost two hours. So the, I think the best thing I brought was to contribute to Mike to make that session uh, really wondrous. It was, it was we, we left there feeling so much joy. Mark Baum held, held the, a, a folk storytelling session in the tree house, this big round thing up in a tree. And we had, oh, maybe 20 people there. And Mark went around and asked for volunteers. He looked at me and goes, how about you, John? You got a story? And I'm like, oh my God, I'll dredge something up. So. When it got to be uh, my turn, I followed somebody else who had talked about uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I had a story that was way too personal to broadcast publicly. Uh, but I told the story of my own my own journey of my in my teenage years, meeting Colonel Sanders in San Francisco on the wharf, and that was that was fun. So I was able to contribute to that uh, event. For me, it was a lot of these conversations on the side that just happened spontaneously. And just showing up for the conversations that, that arose and all the events um, and, and, and kicking in. Like the whole thing of like 
singing along at a campfire scares the bejesus out of me, right? So what did I do? I went to the campfire and sung with everybody else, a couple sing-along songs, took some pictures and, you know, push past those limits. And when you do it among other people, they see you and then they start pushing past it. So I was encouraging others to just show up and be spontaneous being playful. Probably 80 out of the 110 I had conversations. And I'm talking about meaningful conversations. And the thank yous that went back and forth between us, the, the, the sense of acknowledging each other as solid contributions, solid human beings was, was really clear. I didn't feel any, any animosity or any withholds. People were really open. I just want to tell this story. When, when I was like in like 35, it was a while ago, I was in Colorado, uh, in Aspen, Colorado, with a ski group in the fall before it was snowy. And we're camping out, went for a hike in the woods. And somebody showed me an, an aspen tree grove and explained to me how all these aspen trees look like they're all independent and they all have their width and height and dimensions and different qualities, but they're all tied together in a common root. It's almost like they're one giant tree growing out of a common root. And I thought about that on the way back in the airplane. I go, that's exactly what pause was like for me. It's like, we're individuals with different genders and lifestyles and ages and preferences and, and whatever in diversity. And nobody cared. Nobody cared that this person was a little different than me. We celebrated the diversity, but we realized that we all are tied to a common root of this software technology, the day we're in, Claris, um, and that we share this commonality that creates an atmosphere where it's easy to relate and bond to people because we have a lot in common. And I really felt this sense that we're all really tied together with a common root, which was, you know, kind of a somewhere between a human and a spiritual experience of feeling whole and complete and happy and joyous just to be part of this. I'll tell you the overwhelming feeling I got out of the whole thing was, and I'll be quite candid, when I look back at it, the joy I experienced last week was probably filled with I probably had more joy last week than I've ever had in a week in my life. Absolutely. I mean, there's not even a comparison. So joyful because of the magic and, the, and what everybody brought, starting with you folks all the way down to every participant and everybody who worked there. It was, it, it was magical. I've got several pictures of and you and Chrissy, like your head on Chrissy's shoulder, and you're just like... Oh, this is so good. This all worked out so well. Like I didn't see stress. I didn't. I didn't see any worry. Like you look like you both look like you were experiencing a lot of joy and contentment and satisfaction that it came together. And while we'll give you a tremendous amount of credit uh, for for putting this together, because the two of you make great CEOs of this thing, you do it in a way that I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but you make it look so easy and so effortless and so so joyful that. No one was picking up on any stress. No one that I saw was getting stressed out. We're like, this is sweet. Just as a reminder, this is available on YouTube and as a podcast. And make sure you check out the show notes as there are a lot of links to share there. If you can take a minute to pause and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. But better yet, if you can share it with a friend, that would be pretty awesome. No matter what your role is in this community, you're proof of how amazing this Claris community really is. My job is to help spread your knowledge and your stories on the podcast. Find me on Twitter at MZ123 or at ProofGeist and let's share your story.